Hello, and welcome back to the Dino Logan... DNA. Welcome back to the Logan and Jake Take <laughs> Podcast. Oh, oh uh, whew. uh, well, it has been a week. Um, it has been one of the weeks that has ever happened in the history of weeks. It's, um, uh, it's, it's. It's about as much of a week as one could get. Uh, I I uh, finally got to go on vacation. School ended. Um, my break officially began in the middle of last week, and the next day I immediately took off um, to St. Simons. Had a nice nice five days. Saw a lot of stuff. Relaxed. Also came back up through Savannah. Uh, saw. A great comedy show. Had a good time. Had a good time. Logan, how was your week? Had to work. Had to work. Ha! That sucks. Yeah, it does. That really yeah, it sucks. Does. I uh, contemplate just being like, I quit. <laughs> and just driving down to St. Simons. But no. Uh, like you said at the top of this, it, it's been a week. Some things and some stuff happened at work that I'm not going to get into because it's not my business to talk about. But, uh, it, I'm glad it's over. Although, to be fair, I then got, like, two days off in a row, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm, I'm sort of in that post-vacation funk right now. Not because I'm still, like, waking up for a few days, forgetting that I'm not in paradise anymore or anything like that. It's, it's the post-vacation, oh my gosh, I came home and... The apartment's a mess, and there's all these adult things I have to take care of. I have to go, you know, go into the bank and and making doctor's appointments and this, that, and that. It's just things that like are tedious, not fun summer things. And, like you know, having had five days of like pure relaxation and only doing what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. coming back to everything. You know, reality hits you hard, bro. This ain't paradise. (laughs) All right. Bills are knocking on my door. Fortunately, uh, I had the wherewithal to pay every single bill um, before we went. So I at least wouldn't come back to a false sense of how much money I had left this month. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so... Um, oh, uh, one good thing. Uh, as you know, I've been applying for various other jobs and various substitute teaching positions and whatnot. I, I did get a hit back from one of the places. and They were like, come on down, let's talk about it, and uh, we'll see if you'd be a good fit for our establishment. So, nice. Fingers crossed. Probably going to go down there uh, sometime early next week and just see what that's like. Uh, where's that? Is it... Uh is it a private school or a public It is facility? a... I would assume it's private because it's like a Christian academy. Gotcha. Yeah. I know the one. Um, Alright, so... Located outside the worst city on earth. I know exactly the one. <laughs> uh, so... A lot, a lot happened in the world of pop culture uh, since we last uh, recorded. Um... Johnny Depp won the defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard. Right. We're not going to get into that because, you know. No, that's, you know, we're not going to go into a long discussion of that other than to say 
She it will, is what it is. She will remember this as the day that she almost got Captain Jack Sparrow. Indeed. Um, uh, what else happened in pop culture? Morbius uh, got re-released in theaters. For some reason, the memes worked so well that they re-released Morbius. I've got numbers. Well, I've got I've got some soft numbers because I don't I don't have it written down in front of me. Uh, I want to say it got re-released in like two thousand theaters. I want to say it made eighty thousand dollars over the weekend. Ouch. So uh, it did not. It did. It was not Morbius. It was not Morbius. Time, um, the producers probably have, will misunderstand that and still get, give us a secret. I have seen a bunch of memes pop up where they were like, Sony, please re-release it. We were just busy that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Um, uh, it's a terrible movie. Yeah. But we're definitely getting a sequel. Because the studios have been like, you see, it's getting all, these, all this attraction on the internet. We did a good thing. And they're not picking up on the fact that everyone's making fun of their movie. Jared Leto even got in on the joke when he, uh, I think he was on either TikTok or Instagram or something, and he was reading a script for something, and somebody was like, what is that? And he was like, no, don't look at it. And then they were like, let me see. And then the camera points to a movie script, and it's like Morbius 2, it's Morbid time. Oh, no. <laughs> um, speaking of sequels that I didn't expect, uh, Todd Phillips has a officially announced that there will be a sequel to Joker. Joker. Folia D. Um, I, I... Well, I, look, I mean, it's Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix is coming back. He won an Oscar. It will make him the first actor to portray the character twice in a film. In films. Um... My my thing is, I feel like the Joker movie was one where, while it is a good movie, it definitely felt very much like its own thing. Like it exists in its own um, Elseworlds label, almost. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the sequel will continue to build upon that or if the sequel will feel more traditional comic booky and have more comic book elements and will be leaving it in two years whenever it comes out going wow we did not need that uh. um, so I'm I'm I would say I'm excited at the idea of what it could be mm-hmm but I am definitely scratching my head a little bit because it definitely was not something that warranted a sequel. No, not at all. Um, so, Joker duh. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith uh, said that she uh, hopes that Will Smith and Chris Rock will... Uh, I don't want to talk well, about uh, that. Well, sit, we'll sit down and make amends. We don't need... I'm not, not um, that at all because that whole thing... And... I was like, okay, I, you know, I doubt that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, let's see what else happened this week. Um, some sporting news for, for me that I was, that I was proud of, uh, former Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket football coach Paul Johnson is up for the College Football Hall of Fame. Good for him. Coach Johnson deserves it. Um, 
that's about it. About it. Yeah. Uh, we had episodes three and four of Obi Wan, which we'll be talking about later. That was pretty good, although a um, little confused at some of the response to it. Um, but it was pretty good. That's it. All right. So, Logan, before, before we uh, do what we came here to do tonight, which is review Jurassic World. Dominion, I yes. believe that movie's called. Yes. Uh, then because the dinosaurs have dominion over the earth now. They didn't, but you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, before we review Jurassic World Dominion, um, do you have any hot takes and or quick takes? I've got no hot takes. I've got right. no hot takes this week. Besides the fact that the only good type of Oreo is the original Oreo. All other Oreos are disgusting and they pale in comparison. That's my hot take. Uh, I don't need your double stuff, your mega stuff, your super duper stuffed. I don't need your various flavors such as lemon. Uh, that's gross. Lemon and chocolate don't go together. Uh, what else? Your mint. I don't need mint Oreos. That's weird. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Uh, Swedish fish. Ooh. Why? Why? Uh, red Velvet, which I was looking forward to. I, everyone knows Red Velvet's my favorite type of cake. Um, wasn't good. Wasn't good. Uh, what else? Oh, the, uh, the, the, the cherry soda one, which is basically just like cherry soda with like Pop Rocks in it. It's not hitting. Ugh. It doesn't hit. Then there's a Fireworks one, which is just more Pop Rocks in your Oreos. And I'm like... That's I'm, not it. I'm glad. That's not it. I am glad I never heard of any of those. Nabisco um, should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, I'm not. I, mean, I like Oreos all right. Like if someone has some Oreos, like, and they're like, I want some Oreos. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah Oreos. I Oreos. But yeah, like, oh, I like it. Also, I don't want the golden cookie with the chocolate filling. That's no. Not an Oreo. Mm-mm. It's not an Oreo. That's a mistake. <laughs> oh, God. Anywho, um, um, I also don't want the vanilla cookie with the regular icing in it. No. No, the co- the cookie's perfect as is. Yeah, I agree. I have um, one hot take, which is that Wendy's. If you all did not know, Wendy's has a strawberry frosty this summer, limited time. Uh, had the strawberry frosty earlier today. Was delicious. Um, yeah, that was my hot take. The uh, frosty was delicious, although hot hot take. I'm not as big a fan of Frosties as a lot of people are. So, no, they're... So uh, I don't have a they, dog in the race as far as, like, people are like, it should have only stayed chocolate, or vanilla's better, or, you know, I'm sure there will be some people who are like, the strawberry's disgusting, or the strawberry's I better. I like the vanilla one, but I'm like, it... I'm like, the the Frosty... No. Yeah. No. So, anyways. The Frosty, to me, like, it's not... It's... Okay, there's a cat. There is now a, a cat no, making a cameo appearance for some reason in um, my living room. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, no. It's nowhere near as good as a milkshake, and it's nowhere near as good as, like, any of the other ice... Like, it's not as good as a blizzard. If McDonald's ice cream machine's working, it's not as good as a McFlurry. It just, it's like, you want some ice cream and you're at Wendy's? Get a Frosty. But yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, let me instead see. of instead of uh, making new frosty flavors, how about you go on and bring those old fries back? Bring the old Wendy's fries, right? Back. Because okay, I don't want your new sea salt, all natural bullshit I'm, fries. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw the sign today. I was waiting to get the frosty. It said our fries are always hot and crispy, and I was like, and disgusting. Hot and because hot and crispy. They're always hot and crispy. That's a bold faced lie. They're hot, but those fries. Floppy as hell. They're floppier than a European soccer player. Ah, and let me tell you, I don't care what anybody says. While they were not the best fast food fries, the old fries were fine. Yes. There was no reason to upgrade to all natural fries. First of all, all natural. Were sauce. they not natural before? What were you using instead of potato? Yeah, those fries are disgusting. They're 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 they are French fries. In name only. There's no crispness to them half the time. They're not good. They're kind of mushy. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna say this. The only reason Wendy's fries aren't the worst is because Burger King fries are still out here. Burger King fries are nasty. I'll be honest. Truthfully, everything on the Burger King menu besides their breakfast is disgusting. I like Burger King. I will say this. I would personally rather eat the Burger King fries dipped in the zesty sauce than I would eat the sea fries. Oh, see, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the sauce because once you bring the sauces in, it's an unfair comparison. Because zesty, like, zesty sauce, zesty sauce, yeah. fire. Yeah, I mean, I can see why you wouldn't like the Burger King fries, but I still prefer them to what we got currently at Wendy's. Mm. Um, Honestly, and I'm taking Chick Fil A out of this because Chick Fil A has waffle fries. That's a whole different beast. McDonald's still got the best fries. Yeah, I mean, of the of of like the clown, the crown, and the redhead, it it it's still gonna be McDonald's fries. McDonald's got the best fries. They got the best nuggets. Uh, they honestly, honestly, they've got the best breakfast menu. Because besides Wendy's, the croissant, which is yeah. Burger King breakfast is not really all. Their French toast is disgusting. I will give Wendy's. I actually like Wendy's nuggets. Now, that doesn't mean I don't like McDonald's, but they're very different. I like their nuggets. Their nuggets they prepa- don't like They me. prepare their pigeon differently. Um, okay, first of all, Burger King and Wendy's. No, we can't say that. Well, I don't want to get sued for slander. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they sue us I, for. I actually like all three of their, their cheap nuggets, whatever they are. Um... The fries at Wendy's are disgusting. McDonald's has better breakfast items and better fries. I personally would eat a burger from Wendy's first, BK second, and McDonald's third in that order. But that's because McDonald's has come so incorrect so many times in my life. It's law of averages. There are more McDonald's per capita. And that means I have eaten at McDonald's more times, which means they've had more times to screw up my food. Yeah. And so I can't. Maybe that's not fair to hold against the entire entity of McDonald's. But I actually, what a Wendy's has going for it, the burgers taste pretty good. They could really get into this if uh, they would just introduce something new, give us some like tater tots or something. 
I wouldn't give us trust, an option. I wouldn't trust Wendy's tater tots. I mean, I honestly, would, if I, I want would, tater tots, it's the only time I'm going to Sonic. True, although I wouldn't go to any of the Sonics close to me. So no, I would, I would have to travel. Not at all. I'd have to travel because I'd find be sitting Sonic. in that line for like forty-five minutes. I tried to get a butter burger, whatever it's called, from Sonic one time, and they just brought a burger that certainly had no butter on the bun, <laughs> but it had hella onions. And I was like, Sonic, y'all could have just run me a chili dog and called this a day. Um, Sonic real bold for their, like, the the effort they put into the commercials does not match the effort they put into their food. Honestly, around here, if I'm going for fast food, it's going to be Chick-fil-A number one, mm-hmm. Zaxby's number two. Yes, but that's all. Where I live, I, I used to just avoid Zaxby's because the, 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 the original Zaxby's where I'm at, garbage. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible service. They added a new Zaxby's, which is it's the fire. equal amount of distance between me and the other one. It's fire. It's delicious. Yeah. Never had a bad experience. Yeah, it, it, they're sort of like, you know... And they just give me the sauce. They're, they're not sort of like 25 Sith. cents per ranch. Zaxby is like Sith. There have to be two. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah, so... But yeah, man, I could I could actually do a whole podcast one day about the way I feel about each and every fast food place I've ever been in. That's the Logan and Jake takeout. Which we Still, need to it's, start. It's coming. It, it It's a work in progress. I'm, I'm, I've got things on the back burner brewing with certain people... They just need to be available and free. They've got a lot going on right now, so you know, hey, the Logan one, and Jake takeout is going to be once everything wild matches and fabulous. Up, there's going to be t-shirt. The t-shirts are still coming too. I'm not a graphic designer though, so it's a very difficult thing to design a t-shirt. We need to get that before uh, Arby's gets rid of their new burger because I definitely want to react to the Arby's burger. I'm not eating that garbage. Bruh. Right, Bruh. I am definitely going to react to the Arby's burger. It has to be cooked medium well. I don't trust any Arby's to cook a burger medium well. Bruh, I have. No doubt. That, that it's going to give you botulism? No, I have no doubt that there's no way that they can do that and that the burger will not be medium well when you get it. No, it's either going to be burnt or it's going to be, be raw. It'll be burnt. Like, like, let's, like Arby's and I would make the executive the decision. Is, no. I would make the executive decision that I was going to burn that thing by leaving it in the bag or whatever they cook it in too long. Then you know they leave it in the oven. Arby's doesn't have a stovetop grill. Yeah, so I saw an I read an article about how they cook the uh, the burger, and I was like, the article reviewed the burger, and it was hilarious because they said it was actually really good, but the entire last paragraph was about how they don't trust it and they'll never eat it again. And I'm like. <laughs> That's probably going to be what my... That's, I mean, that would probably be my review. Because I like a lot of fast food items, but I don't know that I've ever trusted any of them. See, this is my thing with Arby's, right? You can't, they can't make a good roast beef sandwich. You're known for roast beef sandwiches. But all of your roast beef sandwiches are disgusting. And you put that funky-ass nacho cheese on them. No! No! I No! The best sandwich on the Arby's menu is the Reuben, which is ridiculous. You're known for your roast beef sandwiches. You've got your singles, your doubles, and your triples. First of all, nobody needs a triple roast beef sandwich. It's if, nonsensical. 
if and they got rid of my favorite side item, which was the potato cakes. Yeah, I'm like, still salty about that. I don't that. care what anybody says. Their curly fries are not good. I'm They're still, not good. I can hang with the curly fries, but the potato cakes were definitely my favorite. They got side rid of those, and they were like, "But we got, we got, we got chicken. We got boneless chicken nuggets." Like, ugh. no, we got ocean meats. Here's what I can do from Arby's. I like the the market fresh turkey bacon ranch sandwich, and I like the cookies. They do have good chicken salad. I've had it once; it was good. But I would rather just go to a chicken that, salad chick. The market fresh stuff is the only stuff I can really abide. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me feel like I want to die after I eat it. Facts. Now, I don't hate the roast beef and cheddar as much as you do, but I do agree that it's gross. And every time I eat it, I'm like. I could have got anything else besides this because it's overpriced on top of it. Yes. Now, I will also say this about Arby's. I do like the buffalo chicken slider thingy, mm. if which is basically just a chicken tender dipped in buffalo it's sauce. It's literally just their buffalo chicken sandwich, but smaller. Buffalo chicken sandwich is a good sandwich also. If... Uh, but like you said a minute ago, of course I would still rather go get a chicken sandwich from somewhere else. But if I'm going to do that, I almost always just leave feeling like... Because like, you'll, you'll order like one slider, like maybe like a Market Fresh sandwich, whatever, maybe some cheese sticks. And they'll be like, that's $38.94. And like, look. Where's the where's the quality and the quantity for you to be charging me that much money? I know that. Uh, food? I know that inflation is through the roof and that the cost of living is high right now. Oh, also, I went there once, wanted a milkshake because Arby's got good milkshakes. Our milkshake machine is broken. Like, oh, so y'all gonna try to hit me with that McDonald's, the ice cream machine? Oh, uh, Wendy's actually tried that last night because I went to get the frosty last night. Mm-hmm. And they were like, our, our frosty machine is down. You're a liar. Also, while we're on the topic of milkshakes, went to Chick-fil-A the other day to get a milkshake, right? When did they get rid of the different sizes? I wanted a large milkshake. They were like, we only got small. A few months ago. Like, what do you mean you only have a small milk? You've got large cups. Just just put me a milkshake in a large cup. I don't... What? Cutbacks, B. Cutbacks? It's a milkshake. It's milk and ice cream and whipped cream. That's all I got for you, big cutbacks. Bullshit is what it is. Bullshit. I, I find it hilarious that I went in and just been like, I ain't got no hot takes. And then it went from like Oreos to fast food to this. There are always hot takes, B. That's true. You, you just, just got to dig down deep. deep into your heart and see what's going on down there. Another hot like, take. All the dinosaurs should have died on that island in Jurassic World, in Jurassic World 2. But we'll yeah. get there. We'll get there. Um, I okay. do have I do have a quick take though. It's a two parter. It's the first ever two part quick take. One, not what's your favorite song, although it it ties into this. What is your favorite song lyric? Okay. Two, this goes back to our conversation from last week. If that rat bastard Beckna. Stranger Things Season 4 captured you and had you all like floating up in the air. What's the song that would need to be played to free you from that? Okay. 
So my favorite song lyrics. Oh, no, you have to narrow this down to one. Just one. Favorite song lyric of all time. Well, there's not really... I don't really have a favorite of all time. Mm -hmm. But I will say that... As much as, as much as I joke and say that it's, I went home with the waitress the way I always do, but how was I to know she was with the Russians too? <laughs> as much as I joke that that's my favorite song lyric of all time, um, by the way, that's in a Warren Zevon song, um, my favorite song lyric of all time is probably oh, man this this one's tough Because there's so many that really it's a tie between. Mm -hmm. Screw it, we made the rules here. Give, give me like your top three. Okay. One of them is in Hotel California. Towards the end when it's like... Um, relax said the night man we are programmed to receive you can check out anytime you like but you can never leave mm -hmm. that's one of them another one would be um, in meatloaf's um, I'd do anything for love he says um there's a line, a line where he says, maybe I'm lonely, that's all I'm qualified to be. And when I was in high school, that was my emo line. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that was the emo lyric. Um, but I, th I think if... I guess if I were to take a lyric that I have shouted at the top of my lungs many, many times and felt it in my bones the most, it would be also Meatloaf, Jim Steinman. Um, in Bad Out of Hell, when he says, uh, nothing really rocks and nothing really rolls and nothing's ever worth the cost. Mm. Because... I am definitely the kind of person who, and I am not an unhappy person because of this, or a bitter person because of this, but I have always been the kind of person that feels underwhelmed by almost everything. <laughs> like, uh, it's very, very rare that something really captures my psyche in in a way that I feel is cathartic or satisfying. 
-hmm. So when it does happen, that's why I gravitate to those things over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, That's why I watch my favorite shows over and over and over again. Because there's so many things that never come close. And I am one of these types of people that that feel like almost every time I go anywhere or do anything, I feel like, I wasn't all that's it was kind of overhyped and cost too much money and you know like so him just you know him nothing really rocks nothing really rolls nothing's ever worth the cost he didn't really mean money literally you know but I just always related to that lyric and it's not an inspirational lyric it's not a happy lyric um you know what I mean it's not poetic mm-hmm. but it is a lyric I have always identified with my whole life um in my angstier moments. Now, if I had more time, I'm sure I could think of the poetic lyrics that have inspired me or influenced me or that I would, you know, whatever, but those are the ones that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and part two of the question was, what song would have to play if Vecna had captured me and you were trying to save my life or whatever? Yes. Um, hmm. What, what song would have to play in order to save me? Um, God, that one's really tough. Because when I was watching the show, I was thinking, I wonder what song they would play to try to wake me up. Um, or try to, you know, rescue me or whatever. Um, I don't know because there's so many good ones. I'm thinking of a song that would pull me out of light, would, would, would somehow jog my consciousness into putting its energy toward. I'm just going to play the swan song from the final season of Lost. It might. I mean, I might do it. Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe maybe if you played um, something like... Um, something we used to just sing a lot and, and make fun of and, and like Careless Whisper. Sl- uh, or Slick Mahoney Sex Syrup. Yeah, Sex Syrup by <laughs> Slick Mahoney. Or, yeah, like, yeah, something something like that that we just used to Bruh, play it, all the time. It would be hilarious. Like, in the situation itself would be frightening, but it would be hilarious if, like, you were in the upside down, like, being choked up by Vecna, and then all of a sudden you just hear Atomic Scratch Beat. <laughs> <laughs> And you're just like, what the... And then you start having all the flashbacks like Max had, and it's just like you, me, Corey, Hunter, and all of our other friends just goofing off while that song is playing in the background. Which would be fitting, because there was that day you, me, Corey, Hunter, and Derek were in Corey's truck, and we were driving... uh, We had had wanted to go play laser tag, but it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, so we went to go get ice cream. And then we all sang that song in Corey's car. So it, it fits... It fits, and I think that video's up on YouTube somewhere. Um, but, 
But yeah, good, uh, good, good, good choice. Yeah. What were your answers to that question? So my favorite song lyric, which I don't know why it might be so difficult when I know that I'm going to have to answer them too. Uh, but my favorite song lyric would actually be from a 30 seconds to Mars album, uh, from Closer to the Edge from the This Is War album. Peak album, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It is peak, like, early 2000s, well, maybe mid-2000s, like, alternative rock. Good stuff. But uh, the, lyri- the, the, um, the lyrics are, This never-ending story paid for with pride and fate. We all fall short of glory lost in your fate. Um... I don't know, it's just, it's always resonated with me since I, like, the first time I heard the song. Because I feel like everybody can relate to feeling like you don't quite measure up to what other people feel like you should be and what you want to be of yourself. But it's in realizing that you might not measure up to, like, is what motivates you to go. Keep keep moving forward, basically. Um, And then the song... That I would need y'all to play if that weird uh, Freddy Krueger esque nightmare fuel villain Vecna ever uh, put his whammy on me. Bon Jovi's "It's My Life." That's fair. Yeah, it's yeah, it's oh, it's such a good song too. Um, I will say that your song lyrics that you chose reminded me, in a poetic sense, I've always thought that that. And I will give you a specific lyric for this, but I've mm-hmm. always I've, I've always thought that the lyrics to the song Elton John did for Rocky Five, mm. Measure of a Man, was a great that, that those were ter- terrific lyrics, and that that song was very underrated because it was associated with a movie that it's not good. Um, that song's the best part of that movie. But when he says, um, "Welcome back, my long lost friend. You had to lose so you could win," mm-hmm. and and he says. Um, I think he says, rise above your troubles while you can. Now you can love, now you can lose, but now you can choose. That's the measure of a man. Mm. Those are tremendous lyrics, I think. And as I get older, you know, that whole song resonates with me, um, you know, about growing up and, and trying to figure out for myself, you know, um, not to get like real deeper unnecessarily emotional on a lighthearted in a lighthearted discussion but the existential echo chamber is the other podcast yeah when <laughs> when you know particularly you know we came up on the anniversary of my father's passing last week mm-hmm. um and just thinking about how one specific aspect of my relationship with uh, the world around me and how I the, the type of person I want to be of course a piece of that was how do I square up with who my father was what my relationship to him was and the things that he said or did or did, didn't say or didn't do mm-hmm. and how that you know in some in some sense um all of us hold, uh, like hold. Uh, we see a mirror in whether it be whether it be a father or a father figure or just a like 
where we come from, yeah. our family, like, and the people that influenced us. And so it means it, it, that feeling of not being sure that I am doing the right thing sometimes or that I'm making the best decisions mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm a little, just a little bit more on my own than I was before. That kind of, so when I hear songs like that, they mean more now, even though I liked it even as a kid when I didn't really understand yeah. it, you know? So that, I circled back around on that, but that, that that's, those are great lyrics to that song. And I always tell people, you don't have to watch Rocky Five. Just go type Measure of a Man into YouTube and you can listen to the song. And if you like the other Rocky movies, there's a nice sweet montage of like nice moments from the other movies that you'll appreciate even if you don't like Rocky Five. Mm -hmm. So. All right. All right. So uh, I guess if there was no other business to attend, um, we can. Uh, take our break. Uh, we will uh, be back with our uh, after a word from our sponsor, which this week Bitcoin. That's right. Your boys have gotten in the cryptocurrency game. Not at all. <laughs> we can't afford Bitcoin. Did you know that you can invest in cryptocurrency on the Robinhood app? Don't plug them. <laughs> They're not paying us. Um, As of this point, we're only we're only plugging the people that pay us. So. Like Aquafina. What? You mean the the wrapper or the water? The bottled water. Oh, I was like the pure water. That was like the chick from Perfect Taste. The chick from Shang Chi. But okay, <laughs> sure. I was gonna go with the voice of the dragon and uh, Ryan the Last Dragon. <laughs> the quirky friend from Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Good actress. Good actress. Good actress. But yes, no. This week we've we've been brought to you by the Anchor app as always. So. Sit back, relax. We'll be right back, and then we're going to talk about Obi-Wan, Episodes 3 and 4, and Jurassic nope. World. Nope, that's it. Just Obi-Wan. Dominion. D D what? Roar. What the... Neem, 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 neem. We don't have the rights. <laughs> we are back. Thank you for sticking with us. I was tempted to, when we came back in, just like do that thing they do on TV shows where somebody's ending a joke and then we just both laugh and everybody's like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> I was like, nah. I, nah. I've always kind of hated that bit, so we're not doing it. So, um, since last we uh, spoke to you all, we have uh, been able to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes 3 and 4 on Disney+. And I think episode 3, it's safe to say I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. Let's just go ahead and get Jurassic World out of the way. Because that is not the one I want to talk about. Obi, I think we can both agree Obi-Wan was way more entertaining. So let's go with the one that's not that good. And then end on a high note. That's fair, although I do have more to say about Jurassic World. It's fair. But I feel like... we can. I mean, that's fine. We can flip-flop it. But like, I feel like my thoughts about Obi-Wan are going to be very short. It was, it's good, but it's going to be very short. All right. So, flipping the script, we're going to talk about Jurassic World Dominion. If you have uh, not seen the movie, uh, then do yourself a favor um, and watch it if you're the type of person who cares about hearing people talk about it with spoilers, because this is going to be spoiler-filled. Um, 
Okay. Um. Hmm. Okay, the way I would like to start this is by saying Jurassic Park, as I have said on this podcast before, Jurassic Park, the first movie, is my Star Wars. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is not that it's my favorite movie of all time and I love it the way that some people love Star Wars. What I mean by that is Jurassic Park is the first movie that I can remember as a kid that made me fall in love with movies. Jurassic Park is the movie that made me go, oh my God, this is what movies are capable of. And Jurassic Park is still one of my favorite movies for that reason. It still holds up. I like the characters. I like the story. I like the message that it's trying to say about how we're not in control of nature. We'll get back to that and we'll put a pin in it because this movie does deal with that. Um, I enjoy yeah, everything about it. The music, the direction, everything about Jurassic Park is special to me. It represents the, you know, the games, the toys, you know, the lunchboxes. It represents a special time period in my life that I will always feel nostalgia over. I have quite publicly not liked any of the sequels with the the exception of thinking Jurassic World was okay. I did not like The Lost World at the time. I don't like it now as an adult. I did not like Jurassic 3 at the time, Jurassic Park 3 at the time, and I, I really can't stand it as an adult. Jurassic World it's still okay. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom absolutely atrocious. I hate it. I am fine never watching it again. I have no plans to ever watch it again. Um I was not excited. Of course no, nor were you Logan. Neither of us neither of us were excited about Jurassic World Dominion. Um Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was so bad that it pretty much murdered any anticipation we might have had for this movie. Um, we went into this movie expecting complete trash. Um, what we got was a mostly a mostly okay somewhat entertaining movie. Yeah. That's what we got. Um, it's better than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That's not saying much, but I mean, it, it is. It is noticeably a step in the right direction after the train wreck that was Fallen Kingdom. They actively took some steps to undo some of the head-scratching subplots. Uh, two in particular. Um... That, that, that they really, I thought, went out of their way to sort of undo a couple of goofy elements of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, which, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of too little, too late, whatever, I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. But I will recognize that I 
saw some effort to that effect. Whether or not I think it's too late. They did try. Um, I think that the legacy characters returning was the strongest aspect of the movie because I think that instead of just being funny cameos, they were integral to the plot. And in some ways, half it's, it's a sort of a mixed bag. Half of the movie feels like a, a 20 years later sequel to the original movie, and that stuff mostly works. I think this movie would have been better if they didn't bring any of the new people back. I 100% back. Because agree. And, and, and I, I've said this to you before. Mm-hmm. I don't like any of the new characters because they're stupid. Yep. And any like goodwill I had for them when they were first introduced, specifically Chris Pratt's character and um, Christina Hendricks, they like I like them in Jurassic World. Right, Styles Howard. You are correct. All the redheads look alike in Hollywood at this point. Um, yeah, Ron Howard's daughter. Uh, she does great on the Mandalorian though. Um, I. I like those characters when they're introduced in Jurassic World. I think they're funny, they're quirky, they're... I like the chemistry of the two. All of that goes out the window in Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At, and it doesn't happen until the end of the movie. Well, actually, with Bryce Dallas Howard's character, it happens early on in the very beginning. They Because it doesn't character. make any sense that mm-hmm. she would care so much that the dinosaurs were going to get annihilated and just let, let be killed when that island goes up in volcanic fire. Like, so it, it, they completely rewrote her character from the first to second movie, and then when you get to the end of the movie, the only consistent character is Chris Pratt, um, and he's just annoying in this movie. But then you get to the end of the movie when the little girl lets all the dinosaurs out, and they let her do it, and the line is just like, they're like me. And then they let the dinosaurs out without a thought to what could possibly happen to the innocent people around the world, because I want to, like, th- that movie ends with a bunch of just, di- like, there's a dinosaur flying over a playground, there's a T-Rex at, like, a zoo roaring at a lion, like, you've literally created an ecological nightmare, and I'm supposed to like you when we come back to this third yeah, movie? Yeah, so, like, honestly, this movie, as much as it possibly can, which is not all the way... I mean, it, it definitely has to reckon with that disastrously stupid ending of Fallen Kingdom. But as much as as humanly possible, this movie tries to double down on the themes of the original movie and sidestep a lot of the goofier implications of the end of the second movie. That's the only reason that the movie had some entertainment value whatsoever. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they definitely... They pulled a more successful Rise of Skywalker to Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, they saw that the second movie was wild and its own thing. Um, and they were like, ooh, that wasn't well-received, so what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to... We can't just blatantly ignore, but we can kind of retcon some of this. So they did. The results are mixed. What I will say is that the strongest elements of the movie is the part that plays out as a sequel to the original movie that features characters from the original movie. With, plot points with from the original plot movie. Plot points that from the original no movie. No sense. Plot points from the original movie 
motivations that, that follow on from the original movie and an attempt at dealing and grappling with some of the same themes mm-hmm. that were persistent not only in the novel but in the original movie. Now, I'll say that. Going into a little bit more detail here. This movie, for the first time, introduces um, Biosyn into the films in a real, tangible way. Biosyn, of course, is in the novels. It was in uh, the Jurassic Part 2 The Chaos Continues video game for the Super Nintendo, which is one of my favorite video games of all time. Uh, So, for me, as someone who is a fan of the books, fan of the games, fan of the extended media... um, it was cool to see Biosyn. I did think it was cool that this entire time Biosyn has been developing their own version, if you will, of given the context they were put in. They've been building their own um, facility to study dinosaurs or whatever, and that follows along with some leaps of logic from the original film. I like that, um, for the most part, a lot of their dinosaurs are actually genetically accurate. We yes. finally get dinosaurs yeah. with feathers. So, yeah, so, you know, this movie does acknowledge the fact, and this is one of the elements of the movie that I think works. The movie acknowledges the fact that, in at several times, that our knowledge of dinosaurs was incomplete in the early 90s. That our um, our uh, our understanding of what makes or what dinosaurs were is different. How they interacted is different. So you get a moment where Alan Grant talks about the Velociraptor, and he says, "You know, we used to think that they would like." Like gut, which there's that famous scene at the beginning of Jurassic Park where he describes that to the kid. He's like, now we know that that's that's not true. Uh, He has the moment with Chris Pratt's character where he's he's like, oh my god, you study raptors, which of course to Alan Grant, that would be the first thing he says to him. Like, Mm -hmm. um, they got the original characters right, and the actors played their original characters right, Mm -hmm. and. They took a, a step forward in, in, in introducing some of these original, I mean not original, these more authentic dinosaurs into the mix to show a difference between nature and mankind's attempts to screw up nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the extent that this movie hammers home the theme that it really is nature that has dominion over the earth, not mankind... The title works. For anyone who was thinking it was just going to be Planet of the Apes with dinosaurs and that's what they're looking for, which that wasn't me, this movie is not that. Give them five um, more sequels and that's what it will it be. Better, it better not. There better never be another movie. <laughs> but um, I do agree at the very end where it was like, with the situation as it is now it's just a new era for humanity a new era for life like we will find ways to cooperate and coexist like um I like that Dodgson 
uh, Dotson. We got Dotson here. See, nobody cares. Like, I like that he was the bad guy. The only thing that I didn't like about it was that there wasn't a moment in which somebody in a different context said nobody cares. Like, I was hoping he was going to get, like, surrounded by dinosaurs and, like, he was going to be like, please, you can't just leave me here, I'll die. And somebody's going to be like, nobody cares. That would have been true. That would have been truly crazy. Although, I do like the fact that he um, died the same way that Nedry or whatever that yeah. dude's name is died. No, there, that's yeah. The shaving can, bro. The shaving cream can. How they find um, it? How? Uh, Ain't so, no way. So, I'm, I mean, I know how they found it, but it's, but it's still... But it still is stupid. Uh, they almost certainly found it because it is not a leap of logic to to suggest that Biosyn was powerful enough to get boots on the ground like shortly after everything went tits up at Jurassic Park and they scoured that place for any signs of... Um, Nidri, or to find out what happened to him. I'm assuming... I mean, and again, it is a leap of logic because it's an island, it's a needle in a haystack, but I'm assuming they got that Barbasol can or whatever it is just because they were... Maybe there was a tracker on it. Possibly. Possibly. You know, again, that might be us doing their their work for them, but possibly. Possibly. Um, I will say that something I... Something I... did enjoy about this movie was that um, it had several like it had several little moments that kind of worked that were callbacks um, that weren't super heavy handed um and there were a few that were off the top of my head. There were a few little funny moments. Um, but, oh, I really thought it was funny when they were explaining that one of the characters that used to help train raptors with um, Chris Pratt is a, is now a French Secret Service agent who got... Uh, and he was. They were like some of them are some of the agents are people you know. Like they were recruited after yeah, everything went. Yeah. And like very briefly, you see Jake a dossier Jason, on Jake, Jake Johnson. Johnson. I was like, that's that's the only character y'all need to bring back is him, right? Um, so I will say this: if what you did not like about Fallen Kingdom, uh, and I'm not going to go off into the weeds here because that's not this is not that type of podcast, but I will say this. One thing I didn't like about Fallen Kingdom is for some reason, unlike every other movie in the franchise, it was used to have mixed political metaphors in it, and they have never done that before, and it was very badly done. This movie mostly avoids that, so you could just kind of sit back and watch it for what it is, an action movie about dinosaurs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the CGI was not atrocious, um, which, believe me, was something I was worried about going in, like, what if the CGI is terrible? Because I, for one, thought the CGI in the original Jurassic World was noticeably, it was noticeably CGI and noticeably not great. 
compared to the mix of practical effects and CGI that we got in the original Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Back when CGI was being invented to supplement, you know. Um, I think it had a good ending. I think the movie ends well. I think the movie ends in a way that is... This movie, I told you this when we were leaving the theater, this movie could not have been great. They had already screwed up. They had already gone too far off the rails in this franchise and missed the point of the original movie. They had already done too much damage. This You're not going to come back with the 10th Halloween movie and have it be a masterpiece, right? You're not going to come back with the 6th Jurassic World and have it be as good as the original. It's not going to happen. But in context of what this movie was, it it managed to wade through some of the muck and step up over some of the muck that was caused by the previous movie mm-hmm. and be mostly okay. And I'll take that as a win and adamantly, adamantly suggest they never make another one. Go out on a slight, slight victory. It's like you eked out an, ele- an election win with like 49.9999% your opponent got 49.888. Like you just barely won. It's not really laurels you could rest on, but just 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 go out. Take the victory. Take the victory. Don't be proud of the victory because you have no room to be proud about any of this. But take it and and let it die. There so I I think I still enjoyed Jurassic World more the first one I didn't dislike this movie as much as I disliked uh, Fallen Kingdom although I don't like this movie and for me it, it boils down to like three things uh, one <sighs> B.D. Wong's character has been courting death since the first movie that man didn't make it out the first book alive and I don't like the fact that they've like yeah you can say it's character growth but he kind of is just like an old man who's like, I feel bad for the things I've done, so let me try to fix some of this stuff now. And I'm like, you didn't earn any of that. You didn't earn any character development to make me want to like be sympathetic towards you. Because the last time I saw you, which was in the first Jurassic World, you were bioengineering dinosaurs to be weapons of mass destruction for the military. And so then, between that movie and this one, you started working with Biosyn... And you feel bad because you genetically engineered some locusts that are eating up all of the planet's grain. And you're like, I need to fix this. It, they, they, they told us. They didn't show us. And I'm like, no, no, I don't buy any of this. If nothing else, you need to be eaten by some dinosaurs or arrested. Because you're still a criminal. Um, also, Chris Pratt and... Bryce Tyler Howard should be arrested also because they are also criminals. Well, also, there, there's a plot hole in this movie where they were like, um, they go to their friends who conveniently work for the CIA now, and they're like, we need help. And they tell them, like, well, okay, conveniently, um, we were already tracking this dude for this other reason. Uh, so we will just follow up once he's in custody, but like, you guys have to stay out of the way because you're just civilians. That tracked and made sense, you know, given the convenient reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
But the very next time you see Bryce Dallas Howard and them, they're like actually on the ground in that other country, like yeah. Spain or wherever, Italy or wherever it was. And it Malta? that didn't make any Malta. that didn't make any sense because it was like, wait a minute, you just told them to stay out of it, and now like you also said that they're like wanted by like law enforcement because they kidnapped a girl or whatever. And I'm like, no one knew she was around. No one knew about her except for like the 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 suits, for but whatever. Um. Also, another thing I didn't like, um, I didn't like the forced melodrama of the the clone girl from the second movie being like, "You're not my mom. You're not my parents. Cause I'm not even a real person." I'm like, oh my god. Like I didn't need this. I didn't no, need. No, I, I look. I did not need that subplot. It was by far the dumbest thing in the history of the franchise in Jurassic World, the uh, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, and I think we can all agree that like eventually it would lead to like if you can clone dinosaurs, mm-hmm. you can clone people. Right. They just didn't do it. Well. They just didn't do it in an interesting way. You know what would have been really freaking interesting is if they found out in this movie. Well, if okay, if they had not done the cloning thing. Mm-hmm. If the cloning thing was not in Fallen Kingdom. But that they didn't, like, they started finding out about some of the stuff that Biosyn was doing towards the end of the second movie. Mm -hmm. And then, like, in this movie, they found out that, like, the person responsible for everything was John Hammond, and it was a clone of John Hammond. That would have been way more interesting. That would have been interesting. And we could have used the deep fake technology and brought him back. And then I could have gotten a bad guy getting eaten by some dinosaurs. Which, I mean, we got. But I don't really care about what's his name. I don't even remember the dude's name. Um, also, the, uh, the other thing that I just don't like. And this is just nitpicky and it's stupid because I know it'll never happen. Because it's the mascot of the franchise. I'm tired of the T-Rex winning. That T-Rex is like 20 plus something years old at this point. Like, like it should not be... I don't care that it teamed up with like the Edward Scissorhands dinosaur. <laughs> You'll tell me that's not an Edward Scissorhands was, dinosaur. Definitely an Edward Scissorhands like dinosaur. Like it teams up with like a weird Edward Scissorhands dinosaur, which like bitch slapped a deer earlier in the movie and then tried to eat Bryce Dallas well, Howard. Okay, so it wasn't that also a real dinosaur? Like I one guess, of the... Because didn't it have feathers and stuff? Yes. Maybe I, I did kind of I did kind of dig how it was like a the like the real dinosaur like mm-hmm. helped the T Rex take down the fake apex predator. No, that was that was a real that dinosaur was a real one too. too. Yeah, because they they make a point of going uh, it's the largest like apex predator the world has ever seen. So I'm like, well, okay, so that is also stupid because the movies have this trend of like every movie they reveal there was a bigger apex predator. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's a line in the trailer, which I didn't hear in this movie, like bigger. Why do they always go bigger? And I'm like, because the movie, because the movies have diminishing returns and you have to one up yourself every movie. Okay. Something I liked about the, well, not liked, (laughs) not liked (laughs) something I appreciated about this movie. Mm hmm. Original Jurassic World, the raptors are scary as balls. Mm-hmm. Every other movie set about making them less scary, which yeah. pisses me off. This movie didn't. This movie was the movie that had the most realistic relationship 
between raptors and humans since the first movie. Yes. Because Blue does show up in this movie and have interactions with Chris Pratt's character, but it is not done in a super duper unbelievable cheesy way. They make the raptors in the Jurassic World movies more like, well, at least with Blue, it's just an aggressive, angry dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a it's a compact killing machine. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be like, oh, hey, I'm a, yeah, I'm here. Like, no. Then they introduce the other raptors or whatever. Yeah. Also, I don't remember what type of raptor. Those things were terrifying, though. I would actually like to know what the the real dinosaur was that had the feathers, like mm-hmm. when like Chris Pratt and the uh, the other chick are like on the ice or whatever. Oh, you mean methed out fox? Because that, because it looked like Dumbledore's phoenix. I was wondering if that's a if that was a type of like actual raptor. Because I know like raptors didn't look anything like they do in the movies. No. So like I was like, I wonder if that's like supposed to be uh, an homage to like an actual real raptor of sorts. Um. But, like, I, yeah, it, it's one of those movies that I'm going to have, like, a mixed feeling about because... Oh, real quick, one more thing I didn't really enjoy. Uh, the the romance subplot between Ian Grant and Lord Dern's character, Allie Sadler. I, and that's mostly because of all of the interviews they've done leading up to this movie where they were like... The relationship between us in the first movie was inappropriate. I'm like, yeah, like it wasn't. Like it wasn't um, because it's not like you. It would be inappropriate if he were her boss or her teacher. They were just two people who were kind of in the same social circles, and he didn't have like a position of authority over her. And nothing like romantic really happened between them in that movie anyway so yeah they were just really good friends and it was obvious that they had mutual respect and mutual interest in each other but they were professional about it also there was actually their relationship in Jurassic Park is an example of the correct way to have Mm -hmm. a relationship with some like with somebody who is your colleague that you are attracted to because it was professional so we didn't need the actors getting real woke in all their interviews about. Also, when they're like, there mean? was just this huge age difference. Dead ass. Um, didn't realize there was that much of an age. They, they look relatively the same age. There's really not. I mean, he is a little older than her, but like, it in the story, in the novel. Okay, not in the movie. In the novel, he's forty and she's nineteen. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it is problematic. In the novel, in the movie, she's probably supposed she's probably supposed to be in her mid twenties, and he's supposed to be in his mid thirties, mm-hmm. right? Like in this movie, he's probably seventy, and she's probably pushing sixty. Like that's probably. You I'm know, looking at their actual ages now, just cause like, I'm but she's fifty five, he's seventy four. So that's what. Like, yeah, like, like, so, like a nineteen year age. Like so. But, the, again, the first movie does not... Yeah, so I agree. Now, I mean, I I like their relationship. I like that they ended up together. Spoiler alert, they ended up together. I like that. But I do agree that they undercut it significantly by going out, doing a press tour, mm-hmm. talking about how, yeah, our relationship was inappropriate in the original movie. And it's like, 
why would you be allowed to say stuff like that when the people who produced the movie and directed the movie, wrote the movie, know full well that one of the, the plot threads that they're going to tie up by the end of this movie is that you guys finally get together. Like, that right. doesn't make sense. And that was annoying. Um, also, I love Jeff Goldblum. I feel like... He come like, and Ian Malcolm's always been kind of goofy. He comes off more goofy than anything else in this movie. He kind of does, but like it, it was. I mean, it was spot on. It was definitely yeah. Ian Malcolm. I mean, that character is a little goofy, mm-hmm. and he works best as sort of a comedic relief type adjacent to all the other characters who are dealing with more serious issues. Yeah. Um, but it was just weird to have... There was just a lot going on there in this movie, and a lot going on towards the end when all those characters link up together. Um, and I feel like... I'll say this often, but I feel like this movie could have used an extra like 15-20 minutes to really... Minus, as much as I was ready for it to be over, I agree. Because yeah, minus um, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and their weird clone daughter and the original trio, like, all of those dynamics are fine, but you don't really get a moment of them... Like, they all split up and go do their own thing because they've all got different objectives and stuff, and so you've got, like, Laura Dern and Bryce Dallas Howard trying to reroute the power to do some cockamamie bullshit and then you've got uh, Chris Pratt and fucking Sam Neill doing their thing where they have to go hunt down the dinosaur which I do like that the girl because Chris Pratt's basically her dad in this movie she learned a lot from him and so like how Chris Pratt would like hold out his hand and be like whoa to blue she did that to Beta which stupid name Um, also whenever I think of Beta I think of Ryan Hurst from Walking Dead, and he was problematic, <laughs> and he got what he deserved. <laughs> um, yes, he did. But I think I would have liked a little bit more of the new and the old characters actually like interacting with each other. Besides them just being like, "We need to get off this island because it's all going straight to hell." I'm like, it always goes straight to hell. It 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 it's just, but well, you know, whatever. It it is what it is. Uh, I will probably never watch this movie again. Honestly, from now on, if the only Jurassic Park movie I'm watching is the first one. I will watch the movie again Saturday. Because a friend of mine already bought a ticket for me to go watch this movie with them again Saturday. I was going to pretend like we were recording this after we did that. Yeah, well. Yeah. Spoiler alert. This was a live reaction right after we watched the movie. The yeah, first this time. is Thursday. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I I don't hate this movie. The original movie is always going to have a special place in my heart. I can see me watching this movie again, so uh, in the future, um, but I'm never going to watch Fallen Kingdom again. And as it stands currently, I have no plans to ever watch Lost World or Part 3 again. So. I'm going to treat this movie like I treat Jackie Chan's The Karate Kid. 
it exists, but I'm never going to watch it again. It's spoiler, fair. Spoiler, I don't like Jackie Chan's. And I know what you're thinking. Don't you mean Jaden Smith's The Karate Kid? No. I mean Jackie Chan's The Karate Kid. Jackie Chan was the only part of that movie that I liked. Facts. Bad Didn't movie. One day we're going to do a break. We should do a deep dive of all the Karate Kid movies in that franchise before the next season of Cobra Kai. Could be interesting. Also, Cobra Kai is fire. I need Hillary Swank to pop up in uh, season, what is it, four, five, whatever season we're up on now. I'm sure she'll end up having a cameo in one of these seasons before it's done. Even if she doesn't play a full character. I mean, she was the only other student of Mr. Miyagi, so... And she less she less angsty than Daniel-san, who... Honestly, they all need to get fault. And somebody need... Look, I don't condone violence. But somebody need to shoot Terry Silver. And put that man in the ground. He problematic. Yeah, he's, uh... And he... <laughs> Because when they introduced him and he was like, I was coked out of my mind in the 80s. I beat up on a child. I was like, yes, you did. And then he falls back into the same pattern. I'm like, there's no saving you. You can't be redeemed, Teray. Teray Silver. Pro- Bro, he a menace. He devious. He a menace. He got, I'm not about to call him my boy, but he got crease arrested. Spoiler alert. He just, mm-mm. Mm-mm. He got my future potentially boy crease arrested. Uh, yeah, fair, yeah. Fair. He uh, whooped Johnny ass. Yeah. It was disrespectful. Bro, if I was Danny and Chosen, I'd be like, we just gonna kill this man and be done with it. We gonna kill him. We gonna bury him far out to sea. And yeah. we just gonna move on. We gonna shut Cobra Kai down. There's only gonna be Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang in the valley. We gonna let Crease rot in prison. Yeah. Cause he problematic too. Um... All right, so moving along uh, to our final segment. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes three and four have aired since we last uh, chatted. And I'd say episode three was the one that kind of, I mean, I'm not sure why it took anyone by surprise per se, because this was only going to be six episodes until they eventually produce more. Um, so I was not shocked that it was a big episode that had big, huge moments for the Star Wars canon in it. But I was very much a fan of what we got. Um, of course, that's the episode that the internet by now will know uh, where Darth Vader comes face to face with Obi-Wan Kenobi for the first time since Anakin and Obi-Wan had their infamous duel on Mustafar at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Um, I thought the acting in the whole episode was great. I thought it was tense. It's the scariest we've ever seen Vader, in my opinion, uh, when he's just like... Just, episode just, 3 and then that end credit scene... Well, not end credit, but that final scene in Rogue One where he's just... Uh, man's a... Man's a menace. Uh, I like that they use the AI that they use to create young Luke's voice in uh, Book of Boba Fett mm-hmm. to uh, to create to use a, a younger um, James Earl Jones. Yeah. 
um, so that he sounds younger and more vital. Um, one thing about Rogue One, you could tell that James Earl Jones is older. Yeah. His voice was still, it's still an iconic voice, but it didn't have quite as much oomph as it did when he was a younger man. So it was cool that they used that AI technology. Yeah. Vader, like the physicality that Hayden Christensen is bringing to, uh, even though he's not, you know, it's not his voice and you don't see his face, the physicality that he's bringing to it, um, is notable. Mm hmm. Um, I, I thought Ewan McGregor's performance was brilliant in that sequence. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought episode three was great. Um, it's been my favorite so far. Um, I love the moment where they come face to face again and Obi-Wan's like, what have you become? And Vader's like, I, I am what you made, made me. And I'm like, eh. it's like physically. Yes. Because that all falls to Obi-Wan because he cut your limbs off and let you burn. Probably killed you. He told you not to he told you not to do it. He told you not to do it because he told you not to leap. Although I maintain in that moment Because he had he had the strongest position in all of fiction, which is the high ground. Facts. <laughs> um, I maintain in that moment though, like he told Anakin not it was reverse psychology. Because I don't think had Anakin been in his right mind, he wouldn't have tried to leap over him. The smart, tactical thing to do would be to leap towards the side and then just keep fighting. But he was like, you underestimate my power. And he was just like, hey And Obi-Wan's like, no. Uh, but no, I, so I love that moment where he's like, I am what you made me. I'm like, he... Mm, you salty. You, you dude... I love this episode so much, though, because it proves just how much of a petty bitch Darth Vader really is. He lifts Obi-Wan in the air, throws some bullshit on the ground, great use of the lightsaber, sets mm -hmm. it on fire, then just drops him and drags him into the fire like, now you will suffer. I'm like, you're the Anakin Skywalker, you're a petty bitch. You are a petty Bitch. Because there has never been somebody who had every opportunity to avoid his fate more than Anakin Skywalker. You are not because wrong. because we talk about this all the time. Anakin and I understand he had Sidious in his ear. The problem is Anakin still bitched out in the nice. end, and like. It hurts me as much as it hurt Obi Wan, but I will say that it is if it is I was sixty percent Anakin's fault. It's forty percent the Jedi Order's fault. Yes, because the Jedi Order. I love Jedi. I do. I think they're awesome. They're stupid. They're stupid. And during the prequels, they are at the height of their power and their ignorance because. They're, they they just don't think. It's why they've been blinded to the force and the working of the force and all that. They're morons. They they are they're the unsullied in Game of Thrones. They're the Ministry of Magic and Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. They don't think anything bad can happen because nothing bad has happened. They're they're Bruce Wayne in the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, right. Vic, victor, peace has cost them their strength. The victory has defeated them. All that good stuff. But you know. I, I, it's interesting because... Also, if I was Anakin, I'd have been like, I'm with Padme. What are you going to do? Kick me out? I'm the chosen one. You need me more than I need you. Right. That's what I'd have done. Absolutely. 
And Although Yoda's full of bullshit too, though, because when Anakin came to him in episode three, and he's like, I'm having dreams of losing people I care about. And Yoda was just like, must learn to let go, you should. Whenever anyone dies, they become a part of the living force. That's, that's shit advice. That also, is shitty advice. I seen the Clone Wars cartoon season six, the final episode. Oh, yeah, you finished that the other day. No, B, this was season six. Oh, season six. Remember, yes. the, remember the yes. final the final episode of that where he had a vision of the future and he saw that uh, Anakin was going to be Darth Vader or whatever. He's shady. Bro, Yoda out here with holding hella details. <laughs> oh, Yoda is shady. Because he too. was like, he was like, Great darkness I have foreseen, yet a new hope shall arise. There's some bullshit. Like and I'm like, mother- oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, no, there were, there, there are uh, uh, some... I will say this. One thing that I want to see, because w- as you pointed out to me off air earlier, they have confirmed that there will be another confrontation between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader mm-hmm. uh, before the show's over, pr- probably in the final episode. They need to go on and make that two and a half hours. I'm going to need... I'm going to need for Obi-Wan to start getting pissed off himself. Mm-hmm. Because he also has every right to be just as mad at Anakin. Yes. As Anakin... Feels like he has a right to be mad at Obi-Wan. I think Obi-Wan will... He'll get the mojo back. I don't think he's going to get pissed off. Because that's I not... I know he's not. Because he... he, he well, Obi-Wan he, Kenobi is he was, literally the perfect Jedi. He was a good Jedi. He, and I love that scene in um episode 2 where Anakin's like... He's as wise as Master Yoda and as powerful as Master mm-hmm. Wind. I'm like, because he is. Obi-Wan Kenobi is he's he's the picture perfect definition of what a Jedi should be. I need him to get his Which swag is why back. he's also he like, was because of that he was not the right person to train Anakin. Yes. You can't like be the best and be like, trained No one ever was. To 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 defeat the Sith is his real quest. To train Anakin was his cause which he failed. Um what I hope happens? Mm-hmm. And I know it's not going to <laughs> but what? But what I hope happens mm-hmm. is one of two things. One I already know is not likely because, as you said, Ahsoka did not actually probably didn't see Vader again until that moment in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, but either we get she didn't because if she was if because I know we're going with this if she was to help Obi Wan, Obi Wan would tell her that Anakin is Vader. And when they meet for the first time in Rebels, she doesn't know that until yeah. she like cuts part of his um, mask off. So unless there is something that happens where Ahsoka somehow indirectly helps Anakin, I mean Obi Wan, mm-hmm. but like she doesn't stick around to like have a conversation with him or something. Yeah, um, which I, I that might possibly happen. But what I would rather see more than that. Because we know we're going to see Ahsoka uh, and Hayden Christensen opposite each other in the Ahsoka show. Mm-hmm. So what I would rather see is in the final episode when Obi-Wan is getting wrecked again, because he probably will get wrecked again at first. That's when they need to hit us with the uh, Liam Neeson force ghost we weren't planning on seeing. Bruh. Because if Qui-Gon shows up and he's like... 
what the fuck are both of you bitch ass apprentices doing? <laughs> like, bruh, if if the force ghost of Qui Gon Jinn pops up, and like it gives Obi Wan the strength he needs, or it gives Vader pause, like what the f- that would be dope. that would be dope. I, it it won't happen though, and and that's because I think we. We might get two instances of Qui-Gon. I think the first will be Obi-Wan just hears his voice. Probably before the final battle with Vader. Final battle with Vader. But then I don't have some real obvious... He got some real obvious ass advice like... Whoop his ass. Use the force. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) (laughs) But then I don't think we're actually going to see see Qui-Gon until he returns to Tatooine. Probably, yeah, probably so. Yeah, um, um, I going back to like their fight though. I do, I, I, because both times that we've seen you and McGregor's Obi Wan fight Vader, he shooketh, he real shooketh. Because at the first time, Anakin Skywalker is his brother. He does not want to be doing this, which is why he begged Yoda to let him fight Sidious instead, and Yoda go fight uh, Anakin. And Yoda was like, no, you'll lose. I'm like, would he, though? Would would peak Obi-Wan Kenobi lose to Darth Sidious? I don't think so, personally. I think mm. Obi-Wan would have whooped that ass up and down the, up and down the Senate, and he wouldn't have run away because he lost his lightsaber like Yoda. Green little bitch. Although, I also think that if Yoda had gone after Anakin and he didn't lose his lightsaber, he'd have whooped all he'd kinds of ass it. on he'd Anakin. Have Anakin. <laughs> yeah, we gotta wrap this shit up because, because, bruh, like, that was, a, that was a cheat they did where, like, he lost his lightsaber and instead of just still using the force, he ran. Like, because... Their fight would have been... And I, I heard someone mention Yoda got flips for days. Flips for days. I heard somebody mention this on another podcast. I don't remember which one it was, though. But they were saying how, like, the fight between Sidious and Yoda would have been better if neither one of them were using their lightsabers. And it was, it's basically a wizard duel from Mm -hmm. uh, the Harry Potter movies where they're both, because they're both masters of the Force at this point. It would be more interesting, and I agree with this, it would be more interesting if they were using the Force in creative ways. And Sidious, because he's more sinister, just got the upper hand on Yoda. And then it would make more sense in the originals when Yoda was like, "Don't underestimate the uh, the the Emperor. He he nefarious for days or whatever the fuck it is he said." Because it doesn't make any sense for him to say that in the originals when all like you lost your lightsaber and you ran away. He didn't. He didn't beat you. Why don't you have a backup lightsaber also? <laughs> whatever. But um, no, I I enjoy the second fight because. You can you can clearly tell Obi Wan's having like a panic attack that whole fight mm-hmm. because he he out of hit depth he was not expecting to see Anakin he was definitely not expecting to see Anakin the way he he got out. dusty force karate he, bro he been he got that Bruce Wayne Dark Knight Rises force karate it it crusty it is cr- bro he would he broke a sweat saving Leia from falling that that is not my Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, and I don't mean that in the way that a lot of these people are saying this. Like, they've ruined his character. I'm like... They haven't. That's the thing that annoys me the most is these people who are like, they've ruined his character by writing him this way. He's not acting like the badass he should be. 
It's been 10 years, and he's depressed about the fact that he thought he killed his well, best friend. these people have created this image in their mind, and nothing that would have happened would have probably appeased them. So when they're like, you ruined his character, I'm like, you have done that yourself! I'm like, like they didn't <laughs> ruin his character. Uh, They've written a compelling character, because true story, if he's... If he's acting the exact same way he did the last time we saw him, then that means the events of episode three did not affect him. And if the events of that didn't affect him, he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Because his best friend's dead. His best friend's wife, who was also a good friend of his, is dead. And he's... I, I, we don't have time to discuss the the, the finer details of like actual good writing right now. Um, I will say I, I really, um, and this will, this will bleed into episode four, which I don't have as much to say about episode four is a little slower, but I think that episode four was still entertaining. And I think it is a nice bridge to what's Ooh. coming next. Um, Great to see Ice Cube Jr. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, it was strange to see Ice Cube Jr. But, uh, I was like, okay, all right. Um, I enjoyed that episode for, um, I thought it was kind of a fun little rescue mission type deal. Um, I enjoyed it because it reminded me of the final mission on, in, um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Because in that game, you have to break into the Fortress Inquisitorius also. Mm -hmm. And I think I I think I messaged you this after I got done watching it. I was like... That game takes place five years before the events of this series. Great to see they have not beefed up their security at all. <laughs> at all, bro. Um, I guess really the only other thing I want to say about Obi-Wan right now is that I really I really dig the child actress that's playing Leia. She's really good. I think that they are... I think the writing, of course, is where that would have to start, but like the... The performance of Child Leia is is yeah. excellent. It it definitely feels like Leia, um, and I I'm excited in the next two episodes to probably see Luke. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope I get to see a little bit more of Alderaan. Um, just because you know it gets blown up, gets and blown we never really saw in, it. It gets blown up in ten years, bro. Also, ten I will years. say I will say this now that uh uh. The Organas are firmly on um, the Inquisitor's radar. Um, now that and like Leia was taken back, it would stand to reason that the Inquisitors would come to Alderaan, where the Organas are. Um, so I'm hoping I see more Jimmy Smiths. I can always use more Jimmy Smiths. He did a good job slipping back into that role in Episode One. Mm-hmm. Uh. That's pretty much all I got for it. I'm liking Obi-Wan. A lot of people out there are saying it's got plot holes or it's it's this or it's that. But honestly... It's overly melodramatic. That, but but as, yeah, as Star we Wars talk, has always Star been Wars melodramatic. Star Wars has always been built on plot holes and melodrama. It's so, a space opera. Uh, it, look, it's fun. It's, it is closer to Mandalorian and the good elements of Star or Disney Star Wars... Than it is to like most the of the Boba Fett show and, and the sequels. Um, I I did finish watching the Clone Wars final season the other day, 
Uh, I had seen the first six seasons, but I had not finished the season seven they produced years later. Gosh, it was awesome. Um, looking very much forward to watching the original cartoon Clone Wars. Um, good stuff. But yeah, so uh, that's pretty much all I got. We're about out of time. Logan, did you have anything else you wanted to add about Obi-Wan or what you want to see in the final two episodes or anything in general? Uh, I'm just looking forward to a really cool fight that's going to be coming down the run because, uh, honestly, I just, anytime I get Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fighting each other, it's good stuff. That's about it as far as Obi-Wan goes. Um, any of my Neil Gaiman Sandman fans out there, they released a new trailer the other day. And I want to say that series is dropping like August 5th or something like that. Looking forward to that. Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Christie of uh, Game of Thrones fame will be playing Lucifer in that. So, so I'd, very much, I'd very much like to see... I'd very much like to see some conversation between um, uh, Vader and Kenobi in that fight. Like, mm-hmm. a, just a little bit more... Of the like a, of the back and forth, like of Kenobi just being like, you, "Oh, you've you brought this bullshit on yourself." Like, it wouldn't be able to happen until the final episode. But I would like to see more Joel Edgerton because I feel like, and the story doesn't like revolve around him, so it makes sense. We haven't seen that much of him. He's a really good actor, and I feel like he. He's not being wasted because, like I said, the story doesn't revolve around the Lars. But I want to see more of him uh-huh. because the dude's a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm like, kind of is a waste if you don't really do yeah. anything with him. Although rumor has it that uh, the third sister is going to find out about Luke, which then leads her to Tatooine. So maybe we, uh, maybe we will get more of him. Yeah. All right then. Well, that's all we got. Um, Send feedback to lmjpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook at Logan Check Take official Facebook page. LNJPod is where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you would like to support us, uh, please just click the link in the show notes that says support this podcast. Um, and thank you to everyone who is already a monthly subscriber. We will be back next week with more uh, exciting coverage of Obi-Wan and probably some other things. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Elvis coverage. Excited about that movie coming out. Uh, so stick around. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Uh, everything you do helps uh, spread our legend by word of mouth. Uh, we hope you all have a great week. Stay safe. Make reasonable choices. Enjoy your start to your summer. Uh, and uh, we will... Talk to you all later. Make sure you get a hold of that dino DNA.